Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off the Script. This is your NXT No Mercy 2023 post show for September 30th, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Saturday evenings. Wherever you may be, man. NXT. Oh, man. NXT and the people on this side of the fence, man. We've had a very... I don't even want to say a love-hate relationship. It's been an all-hate relationship. Anybody that knows me, man, knows me that I love the black and gold. Have not really at all, warmed up to this 3.0 version of NXT. Can't do it. Can't do it. I can't watch it on a weekly basis like I used to. I try and catch up and I try and get myself filled in on everything that's going on. But I just can't find myself to fully invest myself in the product for one reason or another, and you can't blame me for that. With that said, I don't take away anything from the talent that exists there. I love a good chunk of talent that are on Tuesday night. I love DiJack. I love Tony D, Carmelo Hayes, Ilya Dragunov, Tyler Bate, Tiffany Stratton, Nikita Lyons, Cora Jade to an extent, Roxanne Perez. The talent is there. The talent is there. Braun Breaker's fucking great. NXT has a nice nucleus of talent on Tuesday night. Never said that they did not. It was the way everything was coming together. It was the way everything was produced. It was not my cup of tea. What NXT did tonight 
And I tend to watch all their premium live events because it should be NXT putting their best foot forward. It should be the best version of whatever they call this NXT. This was probably the best NXT PLE that they've done in the Shawn Michaels era. Not going to count the 2.0 era because that was run by Vincent Bruce and John Laurinaitis. In the Shawn Michaels solely run and produced NXT era. Out of all the shows, this was the best by far and away. The best looking, the best sounding, and the best in ring. Everything seemingly clicked tonight. Was it a perfect show? No. It was not. But it was a damn good show. And if there's one thing that I have garnered on this show, if there's one thing that I have built is trust with my fan base and trust with whoever watches me, whether it's an OG or you're watching for the first time. I would never, ever, 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 as long as I'm doing this, bullshit you in any way possible. Never. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. If it's in between, it's in between. We'll call it like it is. If you missed tonight's show, I urge you to go out and watch at least the last two matches. The last two matches that WWE put on tonight on No Mercy were probably two of the best matches that the company will produce this year. And I'm talking about specifically in WWE. You want to take the last two matches back-to-back. You go find any show, whether it's a Raw, a SmackDown, an AEW pay-per-view, a WWE PLE. You want to take the last two matches on this show tonight and put them up against any show and any two last two matches on any show These two matches tonight will rival anything all year. And you heard it from me. Not bullshitting you. Not saying it because all the cool kids on social media are saying it. I give the props and I give the flowers when they are deserved and when they are earned. From a podcaster's seat to the performer on the show. I will give it to you always like it is. If you don't like that approach, go watch somebody else. Know a lot of people that are in my boat, man. Know a lot of people that are in my boat. I'm the fucking captain, man, and I'm fucking rowing everybody to shore. Everybody that I know does not watch NXT. I tell you right now, man, go and watch these last two matches. Go and watch the last two matches on this show. The only takeaway from this show, the only negative I could say about this NXT show tonight is still the commentary team. Someone just said it, and it just kind of just kind of clicked in my fucking head. Vic Joseph is terrible. I'm sorry. Booker T is terrible, and Vic Joseph, Vic Joseph is terrible. I, I can't. I mean, if they had somebody that actually had the voice to be the right backing track to what's going on in the ring, I mean, this this would be a drastically different show. But somebody said it in the chat. Vic Joseph is terrible. Commentary team is probably the weakest part of the entire show. With that said, I don't want to harp on the negative and I don't want to get on Vic Joseph's case. We all know he's not very good at his job. This show was great tonight. 
And I put a poll up on social media and I said, which show do you guys want me to review tonight? AEW Collision or NXT No Mercy? A whopping 60-something percent, man. It was like 65% of you wanted me to review NXT. That was just based on Twitter poll. I put the same poll on YouTube and it was still in the 60s for NXT, man. And it looks like I made the right decision. Now, granted, I don't know what happened on AEW Collision. I'll go back and watch if I need to catch up on anything before tomorrow's pay-per-view. But at the end of the day, A, I'm not talking about AEW. This is not an AEW podcast. We're not reviewing Collision. This is NXT. Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov. I want to start off with these two men right here. You know, Carmelo... There was something about Carmelo when he first when he first hit the scene. I remember him standing in the ring with Adam Cole, and he did that whole John Cena ruthless aggression thing to Adam Cole. At that point, it was kind of cheesy. I don't need Carmelo Hayes doing the John Cena to Adam Cole. Different time, different place, different people. But I get why he did it. He wanted to show everybody that this is his game, and he's going to do whatever he can to take it. From the day we first saw Carmelo Hayes, we all knew how good he was. We all knew how good he was. He was in the ring with some of the top talent right away. He molded himself and became a guy that was putting on quality every time he got in the ring. He got better every time he got in the ring. He didn't really have a character. It was just Carmelo is just cool. Carmelo Hayes. He started to develop a a character. He started to develop his own personality and his own charisma. I didn't really, I didn't really like it from the, from the get-go when he started to develop the relationship with Rick Williams. I mean, I thought it was, it's just not my cup of tea. That's all I'll say. It's not my cup of tea, but I always respected the talent that was there. The way you see him in day one to the way you see him now, man, how good of a performer is he now? Two years later. Three years later. He's fucking great. The only thing that I worry about, and you cannot blame me for this, the only thing that I worry about is the man's size. Now, I don't, me personally, I I don't give a shit about how tall Carmelo Hayes is and how much Carmelo Hayes weighs. But, A guy like Carmelo Hayes that makes the main roster doesn't really find success. Not right away, at least. Now, that's all going to be dependent on what Triple H thinks of Carmelo Hayes. Triple H actually brought Carmelo Hayes into black and gold. So if Carmelo Hayes makes the main roster jump, I think Triple H is going to end up taking care of him. They know what they have in Carmelo Hayes. It's the other people there. You know who. And people in that other administration, which we know is still running the ship, those are the people that I'm worried about. But how good is he now, three years following the first day that we saw him? I didn't really know what to expect with Carmelo Hayes, man. He was, to me, very one-dimensional. To me, it just felt like he was very flashy. He wanted to be very flashy in the ring. Working with guys like Braun Breaker... I get why they did it. It's a future match at a WrestleMania, no doubt about it. The two guys that led this new version of NXT will 
be ingrained in that fight forever mentality. I like that shit. I think that's great. Same thing with Braun Breaker and Von Wagner, man. I see that shit happening with Von Wagner as well. I see that fight forever mentality there. But then you start putting him in the ring with guys like Ilya Dragunov, Tyler Bate, guys that actually go out there and fucking do that strong style that are going to fucking rip you to shreds, beat the shit out of you, and not have a fucking care in their body about what they do to you, man. That's what's going to really mold Carmelo Hayes into being a next-level performer. Carmelo Hayes was made into a next-level performer tonight. And that's because of Ilya Dragunov. Not to take anything away from Carmelo Hayes, but that's how good Ilya Dragunov is, that he brought that shit out of Carmelo Hayes. It's almost as if tonight we were watching Carmelo Hayes shed a layer of skin and he became a new performer. Now, they wrestled at the Great American Bash this year. I thought the match was great. I thought it was easily the best match on that show, on that night. This match tonight blew that match out of the water. They got more time. They told more of a story. There was more heat coming into the match. And Ilya Dragunov absolutely fucking made Carmelo Hayes into the next level performer he needed to be. And Carmelo Hayes passed the test with flying fucking colors. Absolutely, absolutely great fucking wrestling match. Great wrestling match. How good is Ilya Dragunov? How good is Ilya Dragunov? It is fucking scary how good he is. It is fucking scary that the man is still on a developmental brand. Ilya Dragunov should be on the main roster wrestling the likes of Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Gunther, and anybody else that he wants to step in the ring with on a high level. Ilya Dragunov is main event WrestleMania worthy right now. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I don't give a shit what you say. Ilya Dragunov is fucking great. He is way beyond what they have him doing now. I don't know what the fuck is taking them so long to get him where he needs to be. Stuck on NXT as the champion, but stuck on NXT. It's almost as if everybody, everybody's got to go through levels. Ilya Dragunov past fucking levels NXT provide on day fucking one. The only thing he needed was to develop his character. We got that down. Don't know what else the man needs to do. Everybody wants to hype up how Gunther is. Gunther is probably one of the best pro wrestlers in the world. If you wanted to tell me Ilya Dragunov was the best wrestler in the world, I would not even bat a fucking eyelash. If you want to tell me Gunther is the best pro wrestler right now in the world, I wouldn't bat a fucking eyelash. I'm not going to argue your take on that. You want to know why? Because Gunther is... Stuff of legends right now. The reign he's on, I don't, I don't know the next time we'll see a reign like Gunther. I don't. I don't. He's fucking amazing. But Ilya Dragunov, what Ilya Dragunov does on NXT is very similar to what Gunther does on the main roster, man. What Gunther is to the main roster, Ilya Dragunov is to NXT. They're molded from the same fucking granite. They're cut from the same cloth. They're sitting at the same table. They're two peas in a pod. It's unbelievable. Can you imagine when these two eventually cross paths? The future's fucking bright, man. The future's fucking bright. Ilya Dragunov, the style he works, man, he is as legit as they come. 
You know, another, another guy that I didn't really have high hopes for because of the previous administration. He's Russian. He's got that foreign look and that foreign feel to him. We all know what Vince and Bruce do to foreign talent. They don't really give a shit. They don't give them an opportunity to get to the next level. Not in this administration, though. Not in the Triple H administration. As long as Triple H is there, there's no fucking ceiling on Ilya Dragunov. None. Nor should there be. Ilya Dragunov is starting to bring that legitimacy to WWE that is sorely missed. Like Gunther brings it to the main roster, man. There's only a couple, a handful of talent that bring that legitimacy to the main roster. Gunther is one of them. Brock Lesnar is another. Drew McIntyre is another. Sheamus is another. There's only a handful of guys that make a pro wrestling match feel like it's fucking a death match. It's life with death. Dragunov treats this shit like he's going in there and he's in the fucking Roman Coliseum and he's fighting for his fucking life in there. That's why we love what he does so much. The guy has no fucking care in the world for his opponent. He does in the pro wrestling sense, but the way he comes off his presentation, his whole it factor... He doesn't give a shit about beating the shit out of his opponent. And he doesn't give a shit about putting his own body on the line. He does whatever it takes to win the fucking match. Carmelo Hayes stood toe-to-toe with him. His chest was beat red. They went over 20 minutes. And Carmelo Hayes proved how versatile he really is, man. You want him to high fly? You want him to do all the flashy shit? He's going to do it. You want him to fucking fight? He came to fucking fight tonight. And Ilya Dragunov brought that shit out of him. Where we go from here, I don't know. Ilya Dragunov is the new NXT champion. I doubt there will be a rematch because Carmelo Hayes lost clean. Carmelo Hayes, at the end of the show, this was very weird at the end of the show, man. They gave you the trademark logo in the bottom left of the screen. Normally, when you see that, you think the show is over, man. Triple H made it a thing when Tommaso Ciampa was there on NXT and the logo would show up and then Ciampa would come out and he would fucking attack Johnny Gargano and the show you think is over and then all of a sudden we get a fucking epic beatdown on Johnny Gargano to close a goddamn takeover, man. It was the stuff of legends. I, I miss it. I miss it so much. Tonight we got that, but it wasn't a beatdown. It was Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Now, Trick Williams earlier in the night, he beat Dominic Mysterio for the North American Championship. The interaction between Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams was, I don't know what it was. It's either one of two things. It's either A, the obvious. Some people said he eyed the North American Championship. I don't know, I don't know why Carmelo Hayes would be the world champion only to lose and then go eye a title that is on his best friend. Why would you lose the NXT World Championship and then go eye a title that is beneath the World Championship? I mean, it doesn't really make sense as far as Carmelo Hayes is concerned. Is there going to be some sort of jealousy from Carmelo Hayes that Trick Williams is a champion and he is not? Are they on a collision course to wrestle each other after they said they'd be boys for life and do this and ride together? Not sure if I'm interested in that. Not sure if I'm interested in a jealousy angle and a heel turn here by Carmelo Hayes. I don't really care to see that. 
Carmelo Hayes was the world champion. Carmelo Hayes lost the world championship. Carmelo Hayes is well past graduation stage on NXT. And Carmelo Hayes should be doing something more important than getting involved in Trick Williams' business when Trick Williams should be involved in his own business, growing his own brand and his own character on the show. Why do we need to continue to ride the coattails of Carmelo Hayes? Some people saw that as the possibility with that ending of the show tonight. Now, what I hope it is, is I hope Carmelo Hayes embraced Trick Williams. He told him he loved him. That we're still in this together. Trick Williams told Carmelo, don't worry about it. There's nothing to be ashamed of. You should be fucking proud of what you did in there. You are still him. No matter what. That means to me, from what I thought I saw, was them embracing because it was Carmelo Hayes' final farewell on NXT. He passed the torch to Ilya Dragunov. Why would you stay on NXT to go do your best friend dirty after dropping the title to Ilya Dragunov and pass the torch to Dragunov? Why would you do that? Carmelo Hayes is primed and ready for the main roster. Carmelo Hayes is primed and ready to join Bobby Lashley, Montez Ford, and Angelo Dawkins in the new Hurt business. That's where he should be. He should not be meddling in this North American Championship nonsense. He should not be doing anything with the North American Championship or the NXT Championship. He is finished. He's finished. Let's move him up. Let's move him up right now. I get we may be in the mood for long-term booking because they joined NXT together, and now they may build something where it's not big enough for both of them. I I get it. I get it. But Carmelo Hayes has been doing this for way too long, and he's at a level right now where he's reached reached his max. WWE is intentionally keeping a ceiling over Carmelo Hayes, and they're not, allow- they're not allowing him to break through. They need to go out there and just send him on his way. He doesn't need to be on Tuesday nights anymore. Excellent match, I would say. Probably, if you want to talk NXT at least, I'd say it's the best NXT premium live event match for the men. As far as the NXT championship is concerned, best NXT championship match that they've done all year. They blew their Great American Bash match out of the water. Tiffany Stratton. She went one-on-one with Becky Lynch tonight. I don't understand. I don't really understand why WWE is using main roster talent. I, I know why, but I don't know why. WWE's using main roster talent on NXT. Now, we all know why, because they're in the midst of a TV rights negotiation process, and they're trying to boost the ratings, and they're trying to show the networks that NXT is a draw. Simple. It's a money play, and it's all being done for financial gain. As a fan, I don't give a fuck. I don't. As a fan, all I care about is if the show makes sense, if it's logical, and it's good. And creative is there on a consistent basis every week. 
There's a reason why I've been against this version of NXT for a very long time. There's a reason why I've been against everything that they've done on Tuesday night, bringing main roster talent down, Dolph Ziggler, AJ Styles, Mustafa Ali, Baron Corbin, Dana Brooke. <laughs> oh, man, Dana Brooke, man. Hey, listen, man, you tried. You tried with Dana Brooke, man. I, I give you credit, man. It was a solid effort. It was a solid effort. I wish her her best in her future endeavors. Impact is going to be so happy to see Dana Brooke walk through the doors. So on and so forth. Becky Lynch was the latest name to join the NXT roster. My opinion still stands. Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton on NXT TV. What was this, a month ago? Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton on NXT TV. It really didn't do Tiffany Stratton any good at all. All you had in my comment section on Twitter was geeks and fucking keyboard analysts chiming in. Oh, well, Tiffany was uh, put over pretty well by Becky Lynch. She became uh, more of a superstar because she shared the ring with uh, Becky Lynch. J.D. doesn't know anything, man. <laughs> That's all I had to hear. That's all I had to hear. For, for days and days following that tweet. My opinion still stands on that. I didn't really think that match did anything for Tiffany Stratton. She lost. She lost and she lost the NXT Women's Championship. Becky Lynch is the NXT Women's Champion. Why is Becky Lynch the NXT Women's Champion? Money. Money. WWE sees the quarter ratings when Becky Lynch is on the show, reaching over 1 million viewers for NXT. NXT hasn't reached 1 million viewers since the days of black and gold on the old WWE Network. They're in the rights negotiations process with NBC Universal and other suitors. This is what they're going to actively sell all these suits and ties. That's why Becky Lynch is the women's champion. Did they put the belt on Becky Lynch to make the division better? No, they did not. Did they put the belt on Becky Lynch so that she can aid in everybody else in that locker room getting some spotlight and some rub? No, they did not. Stop telling me that they did. They did it for two reasons, to build Becky Lynch's resume and to get a TV rights deal and make the brand look good with ratings because of financial reasons. Great. Great. It's one of the reasons why I don't really sit here and boast about NXT like the cool kids do on social media nowadays. I don't watch weekly. I'll catch up when I catch up. I follow but I don't watch like I used to. They ruined me as a fan, and they are probably never going to get me back the way that I was. You took my trust, and you threw it in the garbage. That's what they did. Vince McMahon did not ever, 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 ever mention NXT on Monday night and Friday night. He did not ever send talent down to Tuesday or Wednesday. 
he did not send them down to the performance center because he did not want his talent meddling in the Triple H process. Now, all of a sudden, it's a normal thing. Now, you could take that and shove it up your fucking asshole. It wasn't cool then to do it. It wasn't right to do it then. Now, all of a sudden, it's cool. Now, it's accepted. Why? Couldn't do it then, huh? Couldn't do it when they needed to do it then? Not like Triple H needed, needed it then. I mean, he had a fucking stacked roster as it is. They were putting on the best shows on the planet. Now I just look at it as, yep, money, yep, ratings, yep, finances, yep, desperate. So pardon me for not really embracing the main roster talent going down and owning developmental titles. Sorry. Tiffany Stratton was not made in that first match with Becky Lynch. What the two ladies did tonight, what the two ladies did tonight was probably... One of the best women's matches that you'll see all year. Now, I know I poke fun at Becky Lynch. I know I do the whole fucking, uh, you know, Schmeagel thing on, on the podcast. And I like to crack jokes. And I like to fucking be funny and humorous. And I like to make you guys pop. That's great. Won't be doing that here tonight because she didn't cut a promo. And she didn't give us some fucking weird, bizarre, unfunny sense of humor. She came out there. She fought. She bled. And she delivered one hell of a fucking main event. Becky Lynch is very good at what she does. Tiffany Stratton. I don't know who in this chat's got a problem with Tiffany Stratton. If you got a problem with Tiffany Stratton, I'm going to need you to fucking curb your enthusiasm. She's not there yet. Tiffany Stratton is the future of WWE's women's wrestling. Tiffany Stratton is 24 years old. Tiffany Stratton has been trained by Ken Anderson, Greg Gagne, and Sarah Amato. Tiffany Stratton's 24 years old, and she's already this good. Who else on that roster is this good that's come out of that performance center? Do you want to know why I'm so high on Tiffany Stratton? Can't wait for all the fucking... Uh, Geeks online to, to, to tell me and claim that JD hates women's wrestling. JD's a sexist. JD doesn't put over women when they're spotlighted. Do you want to know why I adore Tiffany Stratton? Said this weeks when I was actually watching, four weeks when I was watching NXT Weekly. Do you want to know why I adore Tiffany Stratton? Because she's been doing this for three years. Three years. Two on television and then one in the Performance Center. Three fucking years Tiffany Stratton's been doing this. But why do I love Tiffany Stratton so much, but I always give Charlotte Flair a fucking problem. And I always have negative things to say about this one and that one and this one and that one. Do you want to know why? When I look at somebody like Charlotte Flair, I look at somebody that's been handed basically everything. Because of her family name. Because of who her father is. Every time you look at Charlotte Flair, it's like, oh my God, she makes another return. And championship match, basically by taking a six-month vacation. The only individual in the business who can go away for six months, photograph herself with her husband petting dolphins, show up the next week, and ask for a title match, and get it. She's got what she has 
known as the Charlotte in the Bank contract. Cash is in whenever she wants. It's an imaginary Charlotte title match. How many reigns does she have now? 15? 15 or so reigns? Great. Charlotte Flair has been handed, been handed everything. Everything. I'm not saying that she's not a good worker. Not. Charlotte Flair's put on bangers. She has. The match with Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania was one of the best women's matches of all time. Those are words that came out of my mouth. But when you compare the two, and I'm not mentioning just Charlotte, I'm I'm mentioning everyone that's kind of cut from that same cloth. Tiffany Stratton has done this for two years on television, another year in the Performance Center. She's She's been doing this with absolutely no prior wrestling experience whatsoever. Tiffany Stratton has worked at this without being a pro wrestler before she came to the WWE. She was a fucking gymnast. Look at how good she is. She wasn't given anything. She wasn't given the keys to the kingdom. She wasn't given the spotlight because of who she is and what her fucking family name is and who her father is. She walked into this knowing nothing, trained like a fucking animal, got to television, developed a character, is beautiful, and goes out there and fucking kills it every single fucking time. Without one single fucking thing that is similar to what a Charlotte Flair does. She's got nothing but what she brought to the table. She's fearless. She takes risks. And it's just an amazing thing to see. You know, for all the shit that we give WWE for their fucking very stereotypical presentation of what a woman should look like. Blonde, tall, busty, That's what the WWE wants, man. WWE, Vince said it for years. They make movies. They make entertainment. Pro wrestling is last. If you don't look the part, goodbye. If you don't look the part, they're going to tell you to go enhance yourself and go get yourself looking like you should belong on television. It's just the way the business is, man. I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. You see what they have certain women looking like on television. Tiffany Stratton looks the part and she fucking goes in there and acts the part. For 24 years old and someone who's been doing this for less than three years, she went in there, man, tonight and she goes in there every single night, but more so tonight, fucking fearless, taking risks and not afraid to fucking bleed. Now, was it a one night thing because it was a high profile match with Becky Lynch and she needed to show up for work? I hope not. I hope not. I hope what Tiffany Stratton did here tonight transitions to the main roster, and I hope that we get the same Tiffany Stratton that we're getting now on the main roster, and she continues to build and build and build and better herself at what she does. Because at 24 years old, if she's this good right now, and she is this fucking high on the totem pole doing what she's doing now, Tiffany Stratton may end up being one of the best in-ring female performers that the company has ever seen. That's how fucking good she is. 
And when I put my stamp of approval behind somebody, man, I, I would like to think that I know what fucking good talent is. Been doing this shit for way too long. Been watching a lot of pro wrestling, man. I know what's good. I know what's bad. I know who's good and what's and who's bad. I know a bad match from a good match. Tiffany Stratton really hasn't disappointed me at all. The only time I was really disappointed with Tiffany Stratton was the match that she had with Thea Hale on pay-per-view that was a submission match. I didn't really like that match at all. I thought that actually hindered both women. But th- th- this is breakout level performance to the next level. The first match did not make Tiffany Stratton a star. She was already kind of on her way there on her own. This match made Tiffany Stratton a star. This match, I would absolutely go out of my way and say, even in a losing effort, Tiffany Stratton looked like a fucking champion. Tiffany Stratton looked like a star. Tiffany Stratton looked like a winner, even in defeat. On this night with Becky Lynch. Now, if they wanted Tiffany Stratton to be an even bigger star, they should have had her beat Becky Lynch on night one. They could have did the same story going into the second match, and they should have had Tiffany Stratton beat Becky Lynch not once but twice. Becky Lynch could have taken a loss. Becky Lynch would have lost no stock, no value losing to Tiffany Stratton. It would only make Becky Lynch and her character kind of a little bit more interesting, man, hungrier, wanting to get back to the top of the mountain. I'd love to see Becky Lynch in a real adult-like fucking serious, you know, falling into pits of despair type of angle. The last time they did that, they turned her into a fucking comic book character, a cartoon. But if they wanted Tiffany Stratton to be even bigger than she is now, they should have had her beat Becky Lynch the first night. And then again tonight. They didn't do that. They're sticking with Becky Lynch because of money. And because of finances. And because they want a bigger TV rights deal. And because of ratings. So what does that mean for Tiffany Stratton? Looks to me like Tiffany Stratton's ready for the main roster. Don't know what the fuck you do with Tiffany Stratton on NXT. What is she going to do on NXT after she wrestled the fucking top of the fucking WWE women's division? And lost twice. Becky Lynch is there to stay. I don't know what they do with Becky Lynch from this point on, but having Tiffany Stratton on NXT to lose to Becky Lynch and give a fucking classic performance tonight only to move down the ladder and wrestle Chasey Jane or some fucking nobody. Are we really using Tiffany Stratton to the best of her ability? Let's move her to either Monday or Friday night, and let's get that women's division to where it needs to be because if Tiffany Stratton joins one of those brands, instantly does the brand get better. I don't know what you would do with her on NXT. I don't. Becky Lynch has proved to be a valuable asset this year more than any other time in the last three years in WWE. She's gone from big-time Bex to the man to whatever fucking heel turn she did, which was one of the worst awful fucking characters that I've ever seen anyone portray ever. Her feud with Trish Stratus was the drizzling shits. The worst feud of the year. The steel cage match at the last pay-per-view delivered big time. No pun intended. Probably one of the best women's matches all year. 
in WWE. She topped herself with Tiffany Stratton tonight. Becky Lynch knows how to work at a high level. She is very good at what she does. Everything she does is not good, but when she's on, it's great. Against Trish, she was on. They had motivation going into that match because they left them off of SummerSlam. She had motivation going into this match with Tiffany Stratton because, I mean, how could she not? It's NXT, you're in front of a hot crowd, and you're wrestling one of the hottest female performers in the world. They both killed it. Becky Lynch is the champion. She now wrestles Tegan Knox on Monday Night Raw for the NXT Women's Championship or defends the NXT Women's Championship against Tegan Knox. And it makes me wonder what they are doing with Jade Cargill. Because that's the next step. Now, I understand that Jade Cargill got the red carpet treatment. She got the ESPN treatment. She got the Sports Illustrated treatment. She got the WWE.com treatment. She got WWE social media treatment. They even mentioned her on fucking SmackDown. The views that she did already for WWE on social media are some of the most that the WWE did all year. But there was one very apparent very apparent situation that happened on NXT tonight. They announced the women's breakout tournament. Jade Cargill was not one of the women in that tournament. She's not one of the eight. Now, with the red carpet treatment and being announced as signing with WWE by ESPN, you would think that if you get the ESPN treatment, you're going right to the main roster. I am not one of these fucking geeks who's going to rush a very green Jade Cargill to the main roster so that she does the same thing that she did in AEW on WWE, only less impressive. WWE needs to send Jade Cargill to NXT. That's what they need to do. If Becky Lynch, because the only other woman right now who's at this level is Rhea Ripley. That's it. Unless they're going to do Jade versus Rhea Ripley. I I mean, I don't know why they do that. But what I would do if I'm WWE is send Jade Cargill to the Performance Center. And you have her take the title from Becky Lynch on NXT. You want to get her to where she needs to be? You put her in the ring with the best. Obviously, after she gets some reps. Obviously, after she gets some matches under her belt and earns a title shot. Jade versus Becky is probably what's best for business for Jade Cargill right away on NXT. And who's to say it needs to be on NXT? WWE's been very lenient with NXT titles being de- defended on Raw or on SmackDown. We could see this match take place on WWE PLEs. We could see this match take place on Raw or SmackDown. Who gives a shit? But that's what she needs to do. If WWE's going with Rhea and Charlotte... Right now, what, what is being shaped up for WrestleMania is probably Becky versus Rhea and Charlotte versus Bianca. Those are the two major WrestleMania women's matches this year. I don't know why they would change that course. That just seems to be like what they're doing. Jade Cargill obviously will be on TV at that point. She will be used in a major role going into WrestleMania. What they should do with her is put her on NXT, especially if they want money and they want this to be a financial reason. Ratings, TV rights deals, Jade's going to bring that. The interest in Jade is already there. Jade beating Becky for the championship is going to get WWE what it needs. 
and it's going to get Jade Cargill what she needs. I'm surprised they didn't debut her tonight with how hot the product's been. But I guess they have other plans for Jade Cargill. But Jade Cargill aside, Becky put on another match of the year candidate for the women. Tiffany Stratton is fucking absolutely fantastic at 24 years old. I cannot speak highly, more highly of Tiffany Stratton. So fucking good. So, so, so good. These two matches tonight really kind of set the tone for what NXT is truly capable of, man. Two of the best matches that you'll probably see all year. Back to back. We're going to go over the rest of the show tonight. I really wanted to go deep into what I thought about these two particular matches right at the top here. I know I took up about an hour of everybody's time. We're going to get into the actual show. Uh, and I want to thank you guys for hanging out with me tonight on the NXT No Mercy post show. We're going to talk about the tag team title match. We're going to talk about the Braun Breaker Baron Corbin match. We're going to talk about the Heritage Cup match. That was probably the only downside to the show tonight. Not a big fan of the Heritage Cup thing, but it's a UK style thing, man. What do you what do you expect? I'm not really uh, into that type of deal, but we'll talk about what happened there. But I want to thank you guys for joining me, man. Please hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Hit that thumbs up. We got 2,000 in here for an NXT post show, man. I'd love if we can get to 1,000 likes. Make sure you guys get those super chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. Go check out my second channel, man. JD's got a second channel? Yeah. I linked it down in the description, man. Go check it out, man. Listen. There are things that I do away from pro wrestling that I quite enjoy very much. One of them is collecting Pokemon cards. I've been making Pokemon pack opening content on my second channel. If you guys want to go check that out, I would really appreciate it. Some good stuff, man. If you guys like my brand of humor, my sense of humor, if you like me uh, kind of adding a little dose of pro wrestling into the Pokemon realm, man, go check it out. It's some great shit. It's really fun. We're building sets. We're opening packs. We're producing new content there. We're opening new merchandise. Right now, I'm working on three different Pokemon sets. Would love if you go support it, man. Go check it out. Link is down below in the description. And make sure you guys also go check out my sponsor for tonight's show, man. Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped. Join the 9 million men worldwide that use Manscaped today. And I want to thank them for joining me right here on OTS. Tony Ace, quality is better than Rightful's sad channel. Tony Ace, I don't know what you mean by that, but I appreciate your uh, compliment, brother. Nobody does what we do here better than me. Nobody in this community, nobody in this realm does it better than me. Look at me, look at the fucking quality of the graphics, look at the sound, look at the quality of everything, basically quality of the opinion what we do here is real man this is real legit wrestling talk right here 
Appreciate you guys being here. Now, being that I spoke about these two matches, man, I, I mean, I, I'll go over some of the highlights of the Carmelo, Dragunov, Stratton, and Becky Lynch match, but I'm not going to spend too much time on them. I really want to get into the actual start of the show here, man. Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin opened the show. Now, I don't really... I don't really sit here a Baron Corbin fan. I'm not a Baron Corbin fan at all. I'm not big on what Baron Corbin has done. I'm not big on what Baron Corbin has become on NXT. I'm not really into Baron Corbin that way. Some of you might like what he's doing. I don't really care what Baron Corbin is doing. Apparently, Braun Breaker has a problem with all these, you know, main roster guys coming down to NXT. You know, whoever wanted to pick a fight with him because of his attitude, it ended up being Baron Corbin. And ended up being Baron Corbin. Apparently, uh, Baron Corbin praised Braun Breaker for beating up Von Wagner. There was a NXT show on September 12th, I believe, where Braun Breaker smashed steel steps across Von Wagner's head. They had him carted out and put on a gurney and into an ambulance. Breaker says he did not attack Von Wagner to gain Corbin's approval, and he did not want or need Corbin's respect. Breaker then challenged Corbin to a match at No Mercy, which we saw tonight in the open of the show. So the story is a little lacking. The story is basically Braun Breaker's a tough guy. He will challenge and fight whoever wants to step to him. I mean, it's fucking third-grade shit, but... Braun Breaker's heel character is fucking top-notch, man. I love Braun Breaker's character. I think Braun Breaker and what he does, man, the ferocity of uh, Braun Breaker, the intensity of Braun Breaker is really, really great shit. I can't wait for him to get called up to the main roster either. There's nothing more for him to do down there. They're just biding their time. He's more than ready. Dragunov is ready. Carmelo Hayes is ready. Braun Breaker is ready. Stratton is ready. I know they don't want to lose all of their top prospects in one fucking shot, but, I I mean, you you know when someone's ready. You know when you see it. So that's what opened the show tonight. Now, I thought this was a fun match. It wasn't a great match by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think any Baron Corbin match. The best Baron Corbin match that I seen was King of the Ring several years ago where he wrestled Chad Gable in the finals of the King of the Ring, and he became King of the Ring and became King Corbin. That was basically the top of what Baron Corbin was capable of. Excellent shit. I mean, he's in there with Chad Gable. I mean, how how do you not have a great match with Chad Gable? But this match was all right. It started off very physical. It started off intense. Crowd was big time into it. Breaker wiped out Corbin with a flip dive. They brawled into the crowd. Corbin managed to fight back. They fought around ringside. Corbin missed a splash on the announce table. Breaker shoved him into the ring, and the match finally began. The, hot, the, the, the crowd was very hot for this. And the slam on the table actually uh, knocked out the audio connection for the announcers for about a good 90 seconds to two minutes. It was actually some of the best part of the entire night because I would much rather watch this show without Vic Joseph and Booker T. Corbin shoved Breaker off the ropes. Breaker came right back with a Frankenstein. It looked a little sloppy with the Frankensteiner off the top rope. Follow with a press slam for a two-count. Corbin hit a Death Valley driver and a deep 12. A deep 12. 
He added an extra revolution to the deep six. Breaker tried charging at Corbin outside the ring, but Corbin slammed him through the announce table. This time it broke. However, Breaker sat up like the Undertaker and then speared Baron Corbin. Corbin, he got nailed with that spear, man. Braun Breaker has the best spear in all of pro wrestling. Easy. Breaker was ready to put an end to Mr. Baron Corbin, but Robert Stone, who was the manager of Von Wagner, remember I just said Braun Breaker put out Von Wagner, so Robert Stone is out there looking to get revenge for what he did to his boy Von Wagner. Stone tried a high cross body, but Breaker caught him, chucked him over the top rope onto some security guards who were there to pretty much dumb down the fight between Breaker and Corbin so that it didn't get out of hand. And they were uh, all taken out like bowling pins because Breaker threw Robert Stone on top of all of them over the top rope. Breaker turned around. Corbin was waiting right for him with a end of days. And that was basically it for Baron Corbin. One, two, three. Crowd cheered Baron Corbin. I know, my cat. Bacardi, you're, you're a fan of Baron Corbin, right? You're a fan of Baron Corbin. Oh, my God. Wow. She doesn't like Baron Corbin. She wanted Braun Breaker to win, right? Yeah, I know. Corbin got a win on pay-per-view. You believe it? I don't believe it either. Baron Corbin got the win. Crowd was actually pro-Baron Corbin here, which is very bizarre. The the one thing that I didn't really understand was who who, who was the fans' favorite here? Braun Breaker is obviously a, a heel, has Baron Corbin been presented as a babyface on NXT TV? I don't, I don't think so. Two heels here. But at the end of it, Baron Corbin got the victory. They were pro-Corbin. I did like the entrances of both guys here as well. Baron Corbin came out on his motorcycle. He looked very uh, Knight Rider-ish. Or not Knight Rider. Uh, Hell Knight or whatever the fuck that. Who, who is that? Knight Rider? I don't know. He looked very, uh, he looked very metal, I'll say. Baron Corbin came out wearing this very comical looking. I don't even know, man. You know, it's like Rick Steiner, right? They got the woo, 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 woo. They got that shit going on. He looks more like a wolf. He's got this, this, this dog head that he comes out with. Looks like he should be in the fucking uh, forest. Hunting fucking uh, Bigfoot with the fucking dog camouflage that he's got. I mean, what the fuck is that, man? I mean, Jesus Christ. I guess the, the visuals of it is what they're going for to give him a different look. But we, we don't need to disguise Braun Breaker with uh, cheesy masks. Give me a break. Anyway, I thought the match was decent to open the show. Baron Corbin got the victory, and it's probably the biggest victory uh, in many, many, many years for Baron Corbin. Ghost Rider. There you go. Ghost Rider. That's who I was thinking of. Thank you, uh, Beast King in the chat. Ghost Rider, that's who it reminded me of. Sorry, I'm not up on my uh, my comic book heroes. Sorry. Trick Williams. North American Championship match. Dominic defends the North American title against Trick Williams. I was not looking forward to this. I would have much rather preferred Mustafa Ali in this spot. But we didn't get Mustafa Ali. He was fired. Fired from WWE. Last minute, took WWE management on NXT by surprise. They had plans for Ali into 2024. 
according to the reports, and they had to really rewrite the scripts and plan accordingly now because Ali was taken out and fired because of budget cut reasons, and he's no longer with the WWE. Now, on the last episode of NXT in August, Mustafa Ali and Dragon Lee over, argued over who should challenge uh, the North American champion, Dominic Mysterio, and a match between Ali and Wesley, where Mysterio was the special guest referee, happened, and the winner of that, that match would wrestle Mysterio for the title at No Mercy. Now, that was won by Ali. We fast forward to the middle of September. Ali was among the wrestlers that was released from WWE, so their plans went right out the fucking window. So how they came to tonight's match, Shawn Michaels announced that there would be a triple threat match happening on the September 26th episode of NXT between Wesley Axiom and Tyler Bate to determine who would challenge Rey Mysterio, uh, not Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, for the title at No Mercy. That same night, Trick Williams inserted himself into the match to make it a fatal four-way match, which Williams won. It was also announced that Dragon Lee would be the special guest referee, which he was tonight. Dragon Lee was the special guest referee of this North American Championship title match. I would have taken Axiom... I would have taken Wesley. Wesley probably made more sense than anybody if it wasn't going to be Mustafa Ali. I would have taken Tyler Bate. I'd like to see him in a more of a priority role on NXT. Tyler Bate's fucking unbelievable. Tyler Bate's fucking great. Another guy that should be on the main roster, really, doing something with the Brawling Brutes or Imperium or Gunther. Something. Trick Williams getting added last minute. There's no story there. There was absolutely zero story there. Now, Trick Williams is very over. He's very over on the NXT show. And I know a lot of people are behind Trick Williams. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Like, I get the hype around Trick Williams, but there's just little things here and there that I don't really see as far as Others do with Trick Williams. I I think Trick Williams is still a little sluggish in the ring. I think Trick Williams cannot carry a match on his own yet. I don't think Trick Williams is ready for being a champion yet. I think Trick Williams is still very green, honestly. So him being inserted last minute into this thing didn't really sit well with me because what has he done to deserve being involved for the North American Championship. Kind of felt like a last-minute decision because WWE needed something else to happen here. No sense. No sense. Has he gotten better in the ring from two years ago? Absolutely. Not saying that he hasn't developed, but is he ready for this type of role? No. No, he is not. Now, just like Becky Lynch, Dominic Mysterio gave NXT a ratings boost. Because with Dominic Mysterio, that means Rhea Ripley is also on NXT. And she can operate on Tuesday nights because Dominic and Rhea are a pair. With Dominic and Rhea there, Judgment Day can show up on the show. So WWE was at the liberty of using all four members of the Judgment Day on NXT. 
as well as on Monday and Friday. That's why Dominic Mysterio held the North American Championship. Did it make any sense creatively? No. It never did. It never was going to make any sense. That's the reason why. The same reason why Becky Lynch is holding the NXT Women's Championship, financial reasons. TV rights, reasons. That's the reason why Dominic Mysterio held the North American Championship. Does it make sense? No, it doesn't. Now you know why. Did Dominic make the North American title better? No. He did not. Did he have a good match here and there? Sure. But did he make the title better? No. Wesley was actually doing more for the championship than Dominic was for the championship. The only reason why they put the title on Dominic is because what came with Dominic, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley, Dominic himself didn't do anything for the North American Championship. So Dom immediately hit a dropkick as Dragon Lee was putting the title belt away, and he was late making the cover, and Williams kicked out. So they're building tension between Dragon Lee and Dominic Mysterio. Dom wasn't happy. Williams went on offense, so Dom left the ring, grabbed the title, started to leave. He was out there all by himself. He was not out there with Rhea Ripley. She's not on the show. She is on vacation. She will be back in the next couple of weeks. Williams cut him off, went back on offense in the ring. Crowd chanted, we want mommy. We want mommy. Dom took control after a dropkick, playing up to the crowd. Williams came back with some big kicks on Dominic. They collided with clotheslines. Dom tried to super kick, but Williams ducked and Dom super kicked Dragon Lee by mistake. Dragon Lee inadvertently got taken out of the match. Dragon Lee, man, I don't know what his stamina level was as a referee. It's like a fucking video game, man. You knock the referee and he's out and he's glitched the fuck out in the match, in the game. He got super kicked in the face and he sold that shit like it was a goddamn fucking uh, multiple tombstone pile driver situation. He got super kicked in the face. He laid out there for about three minutes or so, four minutes. So Williams hit a neckbreaker with this situation with Dragon Lee getting taken out. Dominic was distracted. Williams hit a neckbreaker. A new referee slid in, counted one. But Williams didn't realize there was a new ref. So Dominic kicked out at a one. Upon realizing that a new ref was there, he tried another cover, but Dom kicked out. Williams followed with Trouble in Paradise. Dominic had this black eye. I don't know where Dominic got this black eye from, but if I was to make an assumption, he got the black eye in the match with Dragon Lee because I don't remember him going into that match with Dragon Lee with a black eye. Other than that, I don't know what would give him a black eye. Maybe Rhea Ripley was a little too uh, a little too dominant with Dom and some after-hour after activities. I, I don't know. Or maybe Buddy Matthews got a hold of him and punched him out. I don't know. What are you doing with my woman, Dom? Dirty Dom. I'll show you what fucking dirty means, bitch. How do you get the black guy? I'm assuming you got the black guy in the match with Dragon Lee on Monday Night Raw. So, he hit trouble in paradise. He goes for cover. He gets a two-count does Trick Williams. Dom accidentally knocked the new referee out. So now Dragon Lee and the new referee are knocked out. Williams... He's out of the ring. He gets knocked out. Dom posted Williams. Back in the ring, he missed the big frog splash. Williams tried for a cover, but no referee. 
So they go try and wake up Dragon Lee. He's finally waking up here. Dom tried using the belt as a weapon now that both referees are out. Williams caught him with a running knee, and that was it. That was it. Trick Williams beats Dominic Mysterio with a running knee after both referees were knocked out. Dragon Lee took about four minutes to recover from one super kick, and Trick Williams wins the NXT North American Championship. Now, I know, again, I know that there will be fans of Trick Williams and they are happy for Trick Williams. Fine. Do I think he's ready for this type of role? No. I'm actually kind of disappointed. The reason why I'm disappointed is because with the longevity of the title reign of Dominic Mysterio and all that they did to prove that it was worth putting the title on him, this is how the title reign ends? It wasn't Dragon Lee. It wasn't anybody that was feuding with him over the past two months, three months. It wasn't Wesley. It wasn't Dragon Lee. It wasn't Ali. Lot of Lees. It was Trick Williams. It's kind of deflating. Kind of beats the purpose of even putting the title on Dominic Mysterio in the first place. If you wanted Trick Williams to be the champion... Why didn't you just have him beat Wesley? Kind of makes Dominic Mysterio's run with the North American Championship feel like a waste of time because the right guy who should have took the belt off of Dominic Mysterio should have been Dragon Lee on Monday. They didn't want to do that. But they got all the plans for Dragon Lee. Obviously, you saw what happened on Monday. You saw what happened on Friday, and he's probably going to be at Fastlane. It's probably going to be on the main roster. He's wrestling Austin Theory on SmackDown Friday. Just very deflating, man. Trick Williams, all of this title reign ended with Trick Williams winning the championship. It feels very last minute. Feels very, yeah, you know what? We're going to put the title on Trick and then just move in a new direction. Okay, but what about the last two months of television that you wasted everybody's time with? I don't know, man. You, you, may, you may be high on, on Trick Williams. I am not. Has he gotten better? Sure, yes. But is he better with the championship around his waist? No. I would have kept it on Dom and dropped it to somebody else that certainly deserved it a little bit more than Trick Williams. That made sense for the story a little bit more than Trick Williams. Trick Williams doesn't make sense for the story, and they just took the belt off Dom because... Fatal four-way match. Tony D'Angelo, Channing Stocks, Lorenzo. They went into a fatal four-way match with the tag team titles on the line against Lucian Price and Bronco Nima. OTM. Out the mud. The Creed Brothers and Angel Garza, Humberto Carrillo. Tag team title match, fatal four-way here on No Mercy. I said this on social media, man. You know, the multi-man matches, seemingly you get a multi-person match almost every week, if not every other week. We see them in abundance. We see them a lot in AEW. We see them in WWE. All over the place. It's kind of boring. It's the same shit. 
every single time we see it. There's nothing new. There's nothing fresh. There's nothing exciting about these multi-person matches. For some reason, I enjoyed this match more than I actually care to admit. Now, the talent in this match is very good. Angel Garza is fucking great. Humberto Carrillo is very good. Tony D'Angelo is fucking great. Him and Stax are becoming a very, very good tag team. The Creed Brothers. A lot of people are high on the Creed Brothers, man. Brutus Creed is a fucking beast. Brutus Creed's cannonball, springboard cannonball, is one of my favorite moves in all of WWE, man. It is just fucking, it is so good looking. Love it. The Creeds are going to be a top-tier tag team in WWE. They are. And this new team of Lucian Price and Bronco Nima, the OTM guys, out the mud. I don't, I don't know how I genuinely feel about OTM, but I will say this, man. The presentation of OTM, it might be right for NXT, because they are at liberty to do new things and try new things and, you know, get characters out there that may be different than what you usually see. But if OTM ever made it to the main roster, they would not be OTM and they wouldn't even, they wouldn't last a fucking week on the main roster. They wouldn't. I, I, I just don't see OTM with their do-rags and their fucking braids and their grills making it to the main roster. I mean, I, I mean we're, we're, talking about, we're, we're talking about fucking crime time all over again. Not going to make it to the main roster. I don't see Vince pushing OTM on the main roster. What happened to Hit Row? Does anybody remember what happened to Hit Row? What happened to Hit Row? When I... Called it from fucking left field. I called my home run shot, man. I stood at home plate and told you guys I aimed the bat over the left field wall because I'm a right-handed fucking hitter. Boom. Called my shot. They were fired six weeks later. Nobody believed me. Those guys make it to the main roster. Goodbye. Goodbye. They'll be in the mud. Never mind out the mud. They'll be back in the mud. Apparently, NXT's very high on them. I don't know. I don't know. Some fast-paced action very early. D'Angelo appeared to get hurt while trying to lift Garza and Carrillo at the same time. He collapsed, grabbed his knee, refs, back Garza off, and the training staff checked on Tony D as Garza and Carrillo worked over stocks. Tony D was taken out of the match. Now, I don't know if he's legitimately hurt. I don't know if this was all kayfabe. I don't know. I don't know. So OTM, Garza, and Carrillo continued to work over stacks. Ivy Nile, she had one of the biggest pops of the entire match when she took out Scripps, who's managing OTM. Reggie, they unmasked Scripps, but they're still calling him Scripps. What a shit gimmick, huh? So Nile took out Scripps before, or Reggie, before he could get involved, the Cree brothers got in. Julius handed out suplexes. Julius hit OTM with a double Northern Light suplex, which looked very, very impressive. Brutus had Garza in an ankle lock. That was eventually broken up. Tony D all of a sudden comes back out wearing a knee brace. He limped back to the ring. He shoved officials away. He says, no, no, I got business to do, bro. He gets back in there. He caught Carrillo out of midair, hit a spine buster, which looked very beautiful by my guy, Tony D. 
This led to a spot where all the members of the Creeds and the D'Angelo family simultaneously hit superplexes on their opponents. We got four people on each. We got two guys on each turnbuckle. All four turnbuckles were preoccupied, man. Suplex, 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 suplex. Excellent spot. Crowd chanted, this is awesome. So OTM hits Tony D with an assisted power slam for two. Looked very sloppy. Dropped him right on his shoulder. Brutus wiped out Garza, Carrillo, and Nima with a springboard cannonball dive, which looked fucking beautiful. Tony D and Stacks hit Price of OTM with a double spine buster, and that was enough for the family. The D'Angelo family retained the tag team championships. Fun match. They tried to do some unique stuff here. The offense was really fun. It didn't feel boring. Crowd was into it, which helped a lot. I had a good time watching this match, man. It's a nice little tag team title match. Got the crowd into it. And Tony D, along with Stax, retain the tag team championship. NXT Heritage Cup. This was easily the worst match of the entire night. And it has nothing to do with the performers in the ring. Nothing to do with Noam Dar and nothing to do with Butch. Well, I wonder why they're still calling Butch. I don't know why we don't call him Pete Dunn. I don't. Like, what are we doing? Butch? He's working NXT and still named Butch. This should be a time where they break him out and put him back as Pete Dunn. Now, the rules of the Heritage Cup. Let me let me look this up, man. You know, I, I don't know exactly what the rules are off the top of my head. Let me see. Rules for NXT Heritage Cup. Let me see. I want to see what the rules are so you guys know uh, what is the entire basis of this match. British Rounds Rules. This is the NXT Heritage Cup. Now, apparently, let me let me start from the beginning here. Uh, apparently, at Heatwave, Noam Dar leads to, leads this group. He has this group with him called Metaphor. Lash Legend is a part of this group. That's all you need to know. Metaphor, Lash Legend, and that's all you need to know. I don't know. I'll leave that up to you guys, man. Noam Dar won the Heritage Cup at Heatwave. Dar received a letter from the Heritage Cup committee. The letter stated that the following week, a global number one contenders tournament would take place and Dar would defend the Heritage Cup title against the winner at No Mercy. So the NXT Heritage Cup Invitational, the rules were as follows. It was a tournament that would be a round-robin-style tournament featuring two groups with four wrestlers in each group. Matches would have a 12-minute time limit, and victories would earn a wrestler two points, while a 12-minute draw earned both wrestlers one point. The winner of Group A would face the winner of Group B at the end of September to determine the number one contender, which ended up being Butch and, I believe, Joe Coffey. In the finals of the tournament, Tyler Bate was in this thing. Charlie Dempsey, Regal's son was in this thing. Duke Hudson, Nathan Frazier, Axiom, Akira Tozawa, 
some solid names in this tournament. It was basically, it was almost similar to a, a mini G1 style tournament in WWE. That was good. That I liked. The actual Heritage Cup match, I don't like. This is the rules for the Heritage Cup match. Matches consist of six three-minute rounds with 20-second breaks in between each round. That's how the momentum of the match is killed. Stopping the match for 20 seconds, ring the bell, and then start the match again. Crowd's taken out of it at that point, and you're never going to get them back. Matches are two out of three falls. Falls can be won by pinfall submission or countout. Once a fall occurs, the round ends. The match ends once a wrestler has two falls. In the event of a disqualification or knockout, the match instantly ends without the need for two falls. If all six rounds are completed, whoever is ahead on falls wins the match. That's it. Those are the British rounds rules for the Heritage Cup. Noam Dar versus Butch for the Heritage Cup here on NXT. And it was very difficult for me to get into this match. It really was. It went all six rounds, and I could not wait for it to be over. I did not find myself enjoying this whatsoever. Crowd felt deflated. Crowd felt out of it. And it has nothing to do with the talent. Butch and Noam Dar. I guarantee you, if you did American-style rules and put them out there in a regular one-on-one match, I guarantee you the match would have felt a lot better than it did if you had it go six rounds, three-minute rounds, and 20-second intermissions in between each round. How can anyone get invested, man? The crowd's going to get into it, and then you're going to deflate them by ringing the bell, ding, 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 and we got to wait 20 seconds. Not my cup of tea. It is a very acquired taste. And it did not do these guys any favors. It did not. Noam Dar is fucking great. He's excellent. JB in the chat. I'm British and I don't recognize these rules. Maybe WWE is just making it up. I don't fucking know. I don't know. But it's not my cup of coffee, man. I'll tell you that right now. Noam Dar is excellent. I think his character work has been very good on NXT. I don't know what the fuck he's doing with Mensa and Lash Legend. (laughs) Fuck out of here. Really? I mean, everybody around him, the people that he's associated with, I know it kind of enhances his character. Like, like, Noam Dar's character is basically doing whatever he needs to do to keep that heritage guy. It's like the only thing he fucking lives for. But it's cheesy. It's cheesy. Butch was out there with Pete Dunne. They have a nice little history. And they were the finals of the original. I like that, man. They were the finals of the, of the original NXT UK tournament. Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne, man. What a time. What a time that was, huh? Round one. Round one. Dar hits... A submission here. Butch tied up Dar on the mat, worked the joints. Dar fought off the submission hold until the bell sounded. But at the end of round one, which went to a draw, Dar hit a cheap elbow after the bell had sounded and knocked Pete Dunn out. We start round two. Dar started off on the offensive, cover for uh, two. Dar tied up Butch in the ropes and draped him, started kicking him in the head. Shining Wizard by Butch. Dar went to the apron. Butch clubbed him like Sheamus would with the 10 beats. 
Ref got caught up with some bullshit on the outside as Mensa was distracting or, or took advantage of a distraction. Hit Butch in the head with a kick. This opened up Dar to hit his finish to win the first pinfall. So the first fall goes to Dar in the second round. Round three. Butch went for a big high kick on Dar, and Dar hit an overhead kick. As he sailed to the mat, Butch hit the bitter end, and Pete Dunn wins the second fall in the third round. So now we're tied 1-1. Round four. Dar went up. Butch trapped him in some head scissors and an arm bar. Time expired as Butch got really angry at this point that Dar was knocked out. He did not get the decision. So we go to a time limit draw in the fourth round. Round five. Dar went up high. Butch hit a big step-up kick. Superplex off the top for a two. They go to the apron. Dar hit a brain buster on Butch on the apron. Lash. <laughs> Trash legend. Sorry. Sorry. Trash legend. Yes, okay, trash legend. Uh, She rolled Dar in so he could make the cover for two. Butch stomped Dar and had him set up for the spot on the fingers. Time expired with Butch stomping away at him. So another draw in round five. Now we go to the final round, round six. Both men have one fall each. Butch had the upper hand here, rights and lefts. He had a snap suplex, some big kicks in the corner. Mensa, some geek who is in Noam Dar's stable, Again, hit a cheap kick on Butch behind the referee's back. There's a lot of interference here. A lot of interference. So he did the Nova Roller, did Noam Dar. Got a big two count. Tyler Bate jumped at Mensa, took him out. Butch hit the Tyler Driver 97, got a two count. Butch went for the bitter end on Dar. He fought it off. Butch separated the fingers again with the joint manipulation. Hit the bitter end. Dar kicked out again. Butch worked an armbar. On the outside, all of a sudden, Gallus. Gallus jumped bait. Butch hit a plancha on both guys. Back inside, Jackson and Trash Legend. Got it right this time. Distracted the referee long enough for Gallus to hit their finisher on Butch. Dar snuck in the victory, making the pinfall. One, two, three. Noam Dar wins the second fall in the sixth round. And retains the NXT Heritage Cup. Worst match of the night. Doesn't have anything to do with the two guys and their body of work and what they're capable of. The rules and the match sucked. And the outside interference with seven people helping Noam Dar beat Pete Dunne is a little ridiculous. Like, I get you want to hold on to your championship, but do you need seven fucking people to do it? Kind of lame. Kind of lame. Little, little, little bit. I just say a little bit overbooked there, Shawn Michaels. WWE announced deadline December 9th from Connecticut, Bridgeport, Connecticut. It will once again feature their Iron Survivor Challenge, which I thought was great last year. Halloween Havoc will be a two-week event this year. Wow, man. I wonder what else has a two-week event that's on weekly television, man. Can we say Fight for the Fallen or Fighter Fest? Well, man, 
AEW does have uh, no influence over what WWE does, right? Sure thing. Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov. I talked about that in the open of the show. I gave you my thoughts on everything coming out of the match. You want me... Honestly, I'm going to leave it up to you. Do you want me to break this match down by move sequence, by move sequence, by move sequence? Do you really want me to do that? Or should we just get into the Super Chats? Well, what, do you, what do you want me to do, man? I, I gave you my opinion on everything legitimately in the open of the show. You want me to break this fucking match down like some fucking scientist? I don't know, man. I thought this match was fucking excellent. They went over 20 minutes. Over 20 minutes. So, right at the top, we got the introduction. And we got a big boot by Dragunov to open. Dragunov beat Hayes into the corner, stomped him around the ring. Dragunov chopped Hayes down in the corner, worked a waist lock early on. Hayes elbowed himself free, but Dragunov threw him out to the apron and booted him down to the floor. So, he got a, a nice reaction for that. And there were some boos. Because Carmelo Hayes is pretty poppy with the NXT audience. Hayes got back into it with some chops of his own. Hayes kicked Dragunov in the corner, hit a corner block, missed the springboard lariat, allowing a huge lariat by Dragunov to turn Carmelo Hayes inside out. Hayes hit a palm strike. Both men sold on the mat. The two were slugging it out on their knees. They got to their feet. They kept up the offense. Some quick reversals by both guys in Zuguri by Carmelo Hayes. Springboard Bulldog by Hayes. Got a big two count on Dragunov. He was thinking about what to do next and charged that Dragunov. He then caught Hayes and hit a German suplex. And Hayes, at this point, trying to fight back. Dragunov had a waist lock on him. Tried to break the grip of Dragunov. He reversed it. Rope run, and Hayes rolled around on Dragunov until he had a bulldog for a two. So they kept going back and tried to jock for position. Big knee by Dragunov. A power bomb by Dragunov. Both guys sold on both of the sides of the mat. On one side, he had Dragunov. On Carmelo Hayes, he had one uh, him on the other side. Dragunov went to the top. And he blew a kiss at Carmelo Hayes. He jumped down and Hayes almost trapped him, but Dragunov deadlifted him into a Death Valley driver into the turnbuckle. Nasty shit. Dragunov went up top again, up to the top rope. Carmelo Hayes is laying in one corner. Dragunov is across the ring. He hit a fucking coast-to-coast dropkick. They're Dragunov on Carmelo Hayes. He goes for recovery, gets a two-count. Hayes recovered. The two battled in the corner. Hayes tried to get up. And go up top with Dragunov. But Dragunov struck him down to the apron. Dragunov hit his suplex. Fired himself up. He was bleeding. Dragunov is always bleeding. In every match that he has, he's bleeding. He goes for a torpedo Moscow. That was stopped. He hit the H-bomb elbow for a two. Dragunov yelled out. And the crowd chanted, holy shit. Holy shit. After the pinfall. Dragunov waited for Hayes to get up. He went for Tornado or Torpedo Moscow. Hayes hit a super kick for two. He sold it for a little bit. Dragunov crawled to the apron. They went outside on the apron together and threw some kicks at each other. Hayes set up a suplex and instead made it a cutter 
out to the floor. This was probably the ugliest spot of the match. It did not look like a cutter. I don't know what the fuck it was, man. It looked like some weird variation of a suplex. And it it just looked sloppy. Like, you're not going to take the impact of a cutter out on the concrete. It's just stupid. So, it looked sloppy. It was probably the worst part of the match. So, the cutter on the floor. Dragunov was yelling out in pain. And it it looked like a nasty fall. And that's not the only nasty fall that Dragunov took in this match, man. There was like a tornado DDT that Hayes hit on Dragunov that fucking planted him right on the head. I thought that was it. Honestly, I thought I thought he was done after that, but he got up. So after the cutter, Dragunov yelled out in pain. The referee started to count. Hayes rolls Dragunov back in the ring. He wants to win like a champion should win. He ran into Dragunov and an, a, a clothesline. Dragunov is still selling the effects of the cutter on the outside. Crawled over to the corner. He went up. He goes up top for a big H-bomb off the top rope. He covers Carmelo Hayes. One, two, three. And he is the new NXT World Champion. Over 20 minutes they went. Absolutely fantastic match. Ilya helped up Melo after the match for a big handshake and a hug. Ilya, in the intense way that Ilya Dragunov celebrates, and he's very he's very facial with his characteristics. He's just very happy, and he showed respect to Carmelo uh, as the new champion. So that was the end of the match. Uh, this was awesome. This was absolutely awesome. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't really think that they were going to drop the title here. I didn't think that Carmelo was going to lose the championship. I thought Ilya Dragunov would lose and then maybe get called up. Looks like it may be the other way around. Um, This, you know, could have absolutely man-evented the show. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this should have man-evented over the women, and the women should have been in this spot. They were both killer matches. They both deserved the main event. I mean, you couldn't make a mistake one way or the other. Uh, But, I mean, even coming into this thing, man, just the thought of Carmelo Hayes losing his championship and Trick Williams winning the North American championship, it's like things were done backwards here. So... I don't know what they do next. I don't know what they do with Carmelo. Like I said, I feel like he's ready for the main roster. I feel like he fits like a glove with Bobby Lashley. I I, I don't get him involved in Trick Williams' business. I don't. I don't. Ilya Dragunov, I I can't say enough good things about Dragunov. He's fucking incredible. And, you know... It may it may feel like Hayes is ready for the main roster. I just have a feeling they're going to put him in the North American title situation. I mean, losing this championship only to go back and go for that title, I mean, it's just a downgrade. It's just a downgrade. The next stop is Raw or SmackDown. SmackDown, in this case, because of the Hurt Business. Let, dude, let, let Rick Williams do what he's got to do. He doesn't need Carmelo Hayes. Dragunov is going to be a fine world champion who is the, what's going to be interesting is who's going to take this championship? Who's going to be the first in line to take the title off of Dragunov? Can I make one suggestion? One suggestion that I'd love to see. Two suggestions, actually. Number one, Tyler Bate. I think that'd be fantastic. Or number two, Dijak. Dijak versus Dragunov? Bro, you want to take over fucking classic. You want a black and gold takeover classic just waiting to happen. Go ahead. Dijak Dragunov, NXT world title. Give it to me. That's what I want to see. 
excellent match. One of the best NXT matches that you'll see all year. Becky Lynch. One-on-one with Tiffany Stratton. Extreme rules for the WWE NXT Women's Championship. This match went 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Every bit of a main event than anything else you'll see all year. Lynch came out wearing street clothes. She wore a a white t-shirt with different things on. I think I saw Bray Wyatt on the shirt. She wrote in black marker, the man. A a lot of different uh, things that were important to her were on her shirt. I didn't really get a good glimpse of it, but she wore a shirt with uh, names of people that I thought she cares for and, and she fights for. I think I saw Seth Rollins' name on there. I saw Bray Wyatt's name. I saw uh, the man on there. So, you know, a lot of different things that were important to Becky Lynch on her shirt. Tiffany Stratton came down, and she got the big superstar entrance. She came out, and she looks every bit of the superstar that I've said she is. Becky Lynch, she walked down the aisle, and she had a shopping cart full of weapons. They fought into the crowd. The bell didn't even ring yet. They fought into the crowd, up the stairs. Stratton had Lynch trapped in the handrail. A fan, which apparently was her designer, her wardrobe designer, sitting in the crowd. Looked like he had shit seats. But in this moment, aided in Becky Lynch attacking Tiffany Stratton. He handed Tiffany, he, t- he handed uh, Becky Lynch a gold chain or multiple gold chains. And she punched away at Tiffany Stratton with the gold chains. They fought towards ringside after brawling in the crowd for a little bit. Stratton was busted open because when Becky Lynch took the chain, she whipped those those chains right at Tiffany Stratton's face. So Stratton, back in the ring, hit Lynch with a kendo stick and with some steel steps. Lynch fought back and put Stratton into the shopping cart which looked fucking nasty. She put Stratton into the shopping cart and she rammed Tiffany Stratton in the shopping cart into the steel steps. Before that, Tiffany Stratton, the way she the way she was slammed into the shopping cart, the child's seat in the shopping cart, when she got slammed into the shopping cart, the back of her fucking head hit the grill that the child's seat is in the cart. It, it looked fucking terrible. No time at all for her to get her hands behind her head. That shit looked like it sucked. That shit looked like it sucked. So she's in the shopping cart. She shoves it into the steel steps. Lynch pulled out a black bag. Now, in the black bag, normally it's two things. One, it's thumbtacks. Or two, it's Lego pieces. In this black bag, it was actually torn apart Barbie dolls. Now... I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, you get slammed on Barbie dolls. It might not be the worst thing in the world, but if you take a Barbie doll by her hair and you start whipping your opponent with fucking Barbie dolls, that shit's got to suck. So I thought that was quite creative by Becky Lynch that she had Barbie dolls in the black sack. Lynch slammed Stratton onto the dolls for a two count. Stratton then left the ring, and Lynch started throwing the Barbie dolls at Tiffany Stratton. She picked up a trash can lid and started to deflect all the Barbie parts that were being aimed at her. She was like fucking Link 
blocking projectiles from Ganon. Just took the fucking trash can as a shield, and she started deflecting Barbie pieces all over the place. Lynch placed Stratton into the trash can. So, never mind the lid. She placed Stratton into the trash can. She was hanging in between the middle rope and the trash. She was in the trash can, hanging between the middle rope. She goes up top to Becky Lynch and gives a leg drop to Tiffany Stratton while she's in the trash can. Stratton fought back with the trash can and gave Lynch a spine buster on the trash can for a two. That was nicely done. Stratton piled up a dozen chairs in the ring, but Lynch slammed her onto it and applied an armbar. They rolled out of the ring, and the move was still applied, and Stratton used her strength to slam Lynch onto the steel steps, which led to a two-count in the ring. Lynch's arm was bruised, and she kept favoring the arm. Apparently, someone in the chat said Sean Ross Sapp said that Becky Lynch was legitimately hurt, and she had stitches on her arm, possibly due to this spot. Lynch suplexed Stratton into the barricade and grabbed a table. Crowd popped. Stratton hit her with a kendo stick. Stratton then set up the table, but could not find Becky Lynch. I don't know how you lose your opponent in the middle of a match. She set the table up because the fans wanted the table. Tiffany Stratton wanted to give the fans what they want. At this point, she lost Becky Lynch. Where did she go? Looking underneath the ring, one side, she doesn't find her. She circles the ring. She picks up the ring skirt. Becky Lynch is sitting underneath the ring skirt with a fucking fire extinguisher. Sprays Tiffany Stratton in the face with the fire extinguisher. And this is the moments that Becky Lynch looks to take advantage of. Lynch hit Stratton with a barbed wire baseball bat after this. Stratton ducked another swing. The bat went flying to the opposite side of the ring. I don't know how that happened. But Becky Lynch did get a shot on Stratton with the barbed wire right on the leg. Stratton then uh, drove Becky Lynch through the barricade, and she did a handspring backflip through the barricade. I've never seen anybody go through a barricade in the timekeeper's area in this manner. That looked great. Lynch fell into a leather chair because they were then fighting on top of the announce table. So they're battling on top of the announce table. Becky Lynch loses her balance. She falls right into the commentator's chair, bounces up and down. And at this point, with Becky Lynch in the chair, Stratton hit her with a cannonball off the commentary table. Stratton put Lynch on the table that was set up on the outside. She goes to the top rope and hit a senton off the top rope through the table And it does not break completely. It partially breaks. Stratton. My eyes are wide open at this point because you you would think that she would sell the fucking effects of the Swanton Bomb off the top rope through the table. She gets right back up as if nothing happened. She throws Becky Lynch right in the ring. And she tries to go for a cover. Near fall. Kicks out. Stratton actually hit another Senton Bomb or a, a Swanton Bomb in the ring off the top rope and then goes for the cover. Got a near fall. Stratton tried for the moonsault to the outside, but Lynch moved, hit a manhandle slam on the concrete, throws her back in the ring, gets a two count. Stratton hit a rolling fireman's carry onto the chairs, missed the moonsault, landed right on the chairs. So she does her perfect moonsault onto the chairs. Lynch followed by giving Stratton a manhandle slam on the steel chairs, which looked like it fucking sucked. Bad. Tiffany's head hit the steel chairs with no protection. 
Becky Lynch goes for the cover, one, two, three, and gets the pinfall and retains the women's championship. Becky Lynch's arm looked like it looked to be really injured. Um, I didn't really think too much of it because she continued the match and obviously acted uh, as a pro out there, but she seemed to point to her arm after the match was over, and the ringside doctor was uh, there on the outside. Sean Ross Sapp said that apparently her arm was legit injured. I don't know if it's serious or not. Hopefully it is not. The two delivered a match of the year candidate for sure for the women in WWE this year. This may be the best women's match in WWE all year. And I said what I said before in the beginning of the show. You guys want me to reiterate it? I will not. Go watch the beginning of the show, man. Everything you need to know about how I feel about this feud, this match... Tiffany Stratton, everything you need is in the beginning of the show. I thought this was a fine match. This pay-per-view was very good. I thought they delivered big time. NXT premium live events have not felt very premium. This was the first premium live event that I could actually say felt very premium. It's probably the best NXT show on a PLE under the HBK era. I thought they did a great job tonight. And those two matches, the last two matches, probably the two best matches that you'll see back-to-back in WWE all year. My God, Jason Barker with a $100 Super Chat. Thank you, brother. I thought tonight was very reminiscent of a takeover. You definitely picked the right show. I just wish they would let NXT be NXT and keep the main roster talent off, but they delivered. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, guys, for all the love and support. Jason, thank you for the 100 in Super Chat tonight. I really appreciate you guys very much, and hopefully you enjoyed the NXT No Mercy post show tonight, right here on OTS, man. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. I'll have an extra tomorrow afternoon. I will have more content on the second channel as always. Tons of stuff, man. Full of surprises. Tomorrow night, I'll be live with Jesse for Wrestle Dream. Should be good. I'm excited to see what Tony Khan's got cooking up over there, man. Go check out the rest of the content on the channel. There's plenty of it. Like I said, follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And go check out my sponsor for tonight's show, Manscaped. Manscaped.com, code script 20 at checkout. Go get yourself the new Performance Package 4.0, man. Join the 9 million men worldwide who use Manscaped to take care of themselves. Look good, feel good, smell good. The weather's getting colder, guys. I don't want you showing up looking all beastly at these beer fests and October fests. It's going to be a fun fall, man. Appreciate you guys very much. Manscaped.com, code script 20 at checkout. Let's get into the Super Chats. Cameron Battle, the 199. Edge tomorrow, Mercedes Wednesday, history made. 
Yeah. I think Edge does show up tomorrow. Said Suka with a 999. Tiff will be the best woman wrestler in the world in a few years. She's so good now. And Mello Dragonov was amazing. Been telling everybody about NXT. It's really solid and probably the best booked, to be honest. Thank you, Seth Suka. Tiffany Stratton is excellent. Uh, my guy James becomes a new member, but he's got a golden microphone. I don't know why that is, but I appreciate you, brother. Hope all is well. Beyond the script with the 499. JD, the crowd made a huge difference. Wish they could do that more often. Enjoy tonight. Thank you for what you did last night. No problem, man. Seanster, 213 with a $2 super chat. Yo, GD, are you going to buy the new Mortal Kombat? No. I will not. Black Wolf Inc. with a $10 super chat. I think Carmelo Hayes may be called up to join Lashley and the Prophets as a potential fourth man in their feud with the LWO. Wesley could be the man to beat Ilya. Maybe. Wesley's great. Tay-Tay with a 999. JD, my father has successfully completed his appendicitis surgery today. He's doing just fine. Thoughts and prayers. I'd appreciate it. Tay-Tay, we wish your father nothing but the best, man. Much love from the OTS family. Let's see those prayer emojis in the chat from my guy, Tay-Tay. Urban G with a 999. It may be my Ilio bias. But I would say both these men today absolutely stole the show tonight once again. It ain't your bias, brother. Ilya deserves his flowers, man. He's way too good. James with a five. The final two matches were at fire. Also, JD, did you get my DM on the gram? Sorry, I haven't been around, but my DM will inform you as to why. OTS fly. Brother, I got to read it, man. I don't, uh, I don't do the IG like that, man. Tay-Tay with a 499. Do you see Carmelo Hayes, Tiffany Stratton being called up to the main roster this year or next year? Both are future pieces of the company, in my opinion. I'd like to see them both on the main roster after Survivor Series. Judgment Day. Mike Harper with a 5. Hayes versus Dragonov Part 2. Match of the Year candidate, perhaps. Great show tonight, JD. Match of the Year, in my opinion... Is Brian Danielson versus MJF at Revolution? 60-minute Iron Man match. Eric Newton with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, just wanted to ask for your thoughts and prayers for my grandfather. He was diagnosed with congestive heart failure and has to go on oxygen. Brother, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Thoughts and prayers from the OTS family with Eric Newton, man. We need more prayer emojis from you guys, man. Let's send some strength and some love to my guy, Eric Newton. Judgment Day Mike Harper with a $2 super chat. He says, for me, it's Yu-Gi-Oh. I was never big into Yu-Gi-Oh, man. Why do you feel like you need to meow when I'm live? I don't really understand you. Do you know I'm working? Mendelf's Isma with 16 months. Thank you, brother. 
Paul Van Tassel with a $5 super chat. Tomorrow is my one-year anniversary that I got my cat Garfield. Do you want another one? And also, it was four years I lost my grandmother. I'm sorry, brother. Happy anniversary. She never has left you, brother. And happy birthday to Garfield. Phantom with a $20 super chat. NXT No Mercy was very good tonight. Commentary was dreadful. Thank goodness for rum and eggnog. Looking forward to the MLB postseason. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to the Braves having six days off. But man, that eggnog's a little early, man. We gotta get the pumpkin spice going first. The eggnog comes after Thanksgiving. And Jason Barker, thank you, brother, once again for the $100 super chat. He says, once again, I thought tonight was very reminiscent of a takeover. You definitely picked the right show. I just wish they would let NXT be NXT and let's let's keep the main roster talent off. But they absolutely delivered. I agree, man. Those last two matches absolutely felt like a takeover. Guys, thank you so very much. I hope you enjoyed tonight's NXT coverage for the No Mercy post show right here on OTS. We are about to rev up the Mustang. Jesse's about to clean the venue. He's got to get ready for tomorrow night because him and I will be covering Wrestle Dream tomorrow night. We'll be right back here. It's going to be a big night tomorrow night, guys. So join us right here on OTS. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206 on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other contents, including my second channel, which I linked down below in the description. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for a thousand likes on today's NXT post. I'll be back tomorrow with some extra in the sub boxes. And Jesse and I will be back with Wrestle Dream. Until then, guys, thank you so very much. And I'm going to leave you with the fine, melodious tones of Andy James as I get the hell out of here, guys. I'll see you tomorrow right here on OTS.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 